Poaching an egg the traditional way in vigorously boiling water can cause the egg white to splutter out and the yolk can easily break. Also, timing a poached egg in boiling water can be very difficult. This pod protects the egg from the tumbling action of boiling water, yet conducts the right amount of heat. The result is a perfectly cooked and delicate tasting egg. To make the perfect poached eggs, get your set of three pods at tinyurl.com forward slash md9yh5j. That's tinyurl.com forward slash md9yh5j. When you purchase, you'll have access to the free ebook, How to Prepare a Mediterranean Salad.
there will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing if you're waiting for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing is not going to happen you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation that a lot of people become comfortable they stop growing they stop wanting anything they, they become satisfied people getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like jobs that are making them sick you see when you're not pursuing your goal you are literally committing spiritual suicide when you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for that takes you out of your comfort zone you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have when the messenger of misery visits you what are you going to do what will keep you in the game there are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life but that could save your life because you had that knowledge unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered you will never grow what is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, you want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs and they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong?
You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams. Yes to your unfolding future. Yes to your potential. As opposed to saying no. When you die, die on each. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Kids love animals. If they do, there's a wonderful children's book they will love titled I Am Cheetah by author Stephanie J. Tier. I Am Cheetah is the first book in the Wild Animal Kids Club series dedicated to creating animal conservation awareness in a fun fictional format for children ages 8 to 11. This chapter book series is filled with friendship, humor, cheetahs, and the magic of a child's imagination. I Am Cheetah is available now on Amazon. Learn more about the series at wildanimalkids.com. Is there a book or books that you've been wanting to read but don't have time? Then give this a try. You can download two free audiobooks for 30 days. You can listen anytime, anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres. Maybe you'd like a recipe read out loud to you. Maybe you're living with someone with a visual impairment. Audible offers the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks. Just click on the banner at www.unique-pet-gear.com forward slash about dash us. At SkinFD, we specialize in looking after your skin's health. So whether you want to free your body of common skin conditions or delay the signs of aging, our nature led by science, Naturally derived plant-based skin care is what you need. Our unique blend of active ingredients help nourish, protect, and restore your skin's health. 
We pride ourselves in providing products that are primarily safe, of superior quality, and within budget for everyone. Visit SkinFD.com. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. Specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 724-734-8043. Are you worried about job, money, retirement, and the future? Are you unable to get that dream house, dream car, and dream vacation that you deserve and desire? The solution is very simple. It's time to be your own boss. Create the lifestyle that you deserve and desire with only 60 to 90 minutes of work each day. Are you ready for your freedom? Join our SFI team at sfiassociate.com. Be an action taker and not an excuse maker. You're the only one responsible for your success. Join us today at sfiassociate.com. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. A Brazilian judge who was caught driving a court-seized Porsche now admits to also embezzling $265,000 of drug money. Oh yeah, and I have not paid for my cable in years. If king for a day sounds a bit too majestic, well, a small Hungarian village will let you become deputy mayor for a few days. The 18-person village has put itself up for rent to companies and tourists. For 210,000 forints, about $750 or 690 euros a day, a prospective renter gets seven guest houses that sleep 39 people, four streets, a bus stop, a barn, a chicken yard, six horses, two cows, three sheep, and four hectares, about 10 acres of farmland, along with the possibility of temporarily being named deputy mayor. It's just a temporary assignment, of course. The idea is to learn your political corruption quickly and then go back to the U.S. and run for office in Chicago, where it's expected. When Richard Bootman of the U.K. opened a bag of potato chips recently, inside the bag he found a whole uncut and unpeeled potato, but no chips. Bootman discovered the whole spud in a package of Snackrite steak and onion crisps he purchased at an Aldi's grocery store. There you go. Proof that British food is horrible. London's firefighters say sun rays refracted by a Nutella jar likely caused a house fire. The city's fire brigade says investigators believe the glass jar, which had been emptied of the hazelnut spread, had been placed on a windowsill and refracted sunlight, setting blinds alight. According to a statement by the brigade, the family was not at home, but the blaze did kill a dog. Fire investigator Charles Pugsley said, It sounds far-fetched that a jar containing a few rubber bands caused a severe house fire, but that's exactly what happened. This whole explanation sounds Nutella. Of course, you know what's next. Warning labels, 
on Nutella jars saying, leave in cool, dry place, as jar may cause your house to burst into flame. Keep away from pets. The Treasury's Deputy Inspector General said fake IRS agents have been targeting people with harassing phone calls, demanding payments, and threatening jail as part of a huge nationwide tax scam. You can tell they're fakes, though. Some of the victims aren't even tea partiers. There's a bad smell in parts of the Louisville, Kentucky area, but nobody knows where it's coming from. Media reports say city crews have been trying for nearly a week to pin down the odor that smells like mildew, but so far, they've had no luck. Louisville Metro Area Pollution Control District spokesman Tom Nord. That's right, taxpayers are paying a guy to be the Louisville Metro Area Pollution Control District spokesman says the agency is doing its best to track the odor. Currently, crews are driving around the city and searching the old-fashioned way with their noses. Nord says dozens of people have called from different areas of the city that aren't normally associated with bad smells, which means there are parts of Louisville that are associated with bad smells, like maybe the government offices of the Louisville Metro Area Pollution Control. Maybe they should be looking to see if anybody recently relocated from there. An Illinois mom who wanted her children to watch less TV allegedly fired a Ruger 22 long rifle at the family's 50-inch flat screen. Police charged Jennifer Ulrey with reckless discharge of a firearm, unlawful possession of a firearm without a license, and three counts of endangering the health and safety of a child. The kids went to their rooms and resumed watching TV on their phones. A man dressed as Darth Vader robbed a North Carolina bank this week and left with thousands of dollars. The robbery victims were disappointed, though, when his weapon turned out to be a gun and not Jedi mind control. I find your lack of $20 bills disturbing. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. Get the YouTube version at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. While you're there, you can also join the Daily Dose of Weird News Facebook group to see other weird news stories or post your own. Download the free app for Apple or Android. Sign up for my newsletter. Visit me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Check out audiobooks that I've voiced and more. It's all at one place, DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Until next time, keep it real. Weird. This is your girl, Kawana Jackson, and I'm rocking with Katherine Waddell on This Needs to Be Said.
worried about job, money, retirement, and the future? Are you unable to get that dream house, dream car, and dream vacation that you deserve and desire? The solution is very simple. It's time to be your own boss. Create the lifestyle that you deserve and desire with only 60 to 90 minutes of work each day. Are you ready for your freedom? Join our SFI team at sfiassociate.com. Be an action taker and not an excuse maker. You're the only one responsible for your success. Join us today at sfiassociate.com. At SkinFD, we specialize in looking after your skin's health. So whether you want to free your body of common skin conditions or delay the signs of aging, our nature led by science, naturally derived plant-based skin care is what you need. Our unique blend of active ingredients help nourish, protect, and restore your skin's health. We pride ourselves in providing products that are primarily safe, of superior quality, and within budget for everyone. Visit SkinFD.com. Would you like to know the future? If you're looking for answers and you want an honest yet compassionate psychic reading, go to PsychicAlexa.com. Services include tarot, numerology, pendulum, and Reiki. Readings available in Saratoga Springs, New York, over the phone, or via Skype. Go to PsychicAlexa.com. Do you ever wake up, look in the mirror, and think, wow, look at those dark bags under my eyes. It looks like I've been punched. You're not alone, and that's why we created Punch Skincare Products. We specialize in skin repair, including eye cream to remove those dark circles and a deep nighttime moisturizing cream. To learn more about our products and order, go to punchskincare.com. That's punchskincare.com. Abella Publishing presents Atiki the Hunter. It's a journey as Atiki and his magical dust can transform anyone into any animal in the forest. Atiki is the first African-American action hero, and he wants you and your child to join him on his adventure. This book is beautifully illustrated and gets children excited about reading. Visit www.abellapublishing.com to get a copy for your child today and be a part of this wonderful world of Atiki. www.abellapublishing.com is where you can order today. When it comes to nutrition, one size does not fit all. At ID Life, we understand that no two people are alike. You simply take a free, thorough, confidential, HIPAA-compliant online assessment based on your diet, lifestyle, body type, physical condition, health issues, and medications, and you receive your personalized supplement recommendation backed by independent third-party medical and scientific studies that you can verify and use yourself. It's that easy. Visit idlifepgh.com to take your online assessment. Would you like an excellent way to start your breakfast? Introducing Egg Poacher Pods, the healthier way to poach your eggs. Poaching an egg the traditional way in vigorously boiling water can cause the egg white to splutter out and the yolk can easily break. Also, timing a poached egg in boiling water can be very difficult. This pod protects the egg from the tumbling action of boiling water, yet conducts the right amount of heat. The result is a perfectly cooked and delicate tasting egg. To make the perfect poached eggs, get your set of three pods at 
tinyurl.com forward slash md9yh5j. That's tinyurl.com forward slash md9yh5j. When you purchase, you'll have access to the free ebook, How to Prepare a Mediterranean Salad.
Have you stopped by thisneedstobesaid.com? If not, what are you waiting for? We have our television campaign still going. We're at about 710 online contributions and $100 offline contributions. And we have a P.O. box that you can also be an offline giver to, as well as giving online. So you have two choices with the television show. On thisneedstobesaid.com, you can also join our text club. You can be a part of our free phone app and get the updates about the show. And let me back up just a little bit. For those who are wanting to contribute to the television campaign, the P.O. Box is 471-784, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28247. P.O. Box 471-784, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28247. Or you can go to thisneedstobesaid.com and follow the link to the campaign there, and you can give online. We have less than 12 days left on the campaign. So if you have not given, please go ahead and give. I know some people wanted to give more. However, every dollar counts. So go ahead and give today. All right? More Daily Dose of Weird News is coming up in just a moment. You don't want to miss this. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. A North Dakota man was found running naked on a highway at around 3 a.m. Police say the man had allegedly been driving a Chevrolet pickup truck reported stolen. Well, it's North Dakota and still technically winter, so my guess is that he stole the truck because it had a heater. NCAA basketball's March Madness is underway. It's nice to see groups of college-age kids traveling to become a part of something other than ISIS, isn't it? The American Gaming Association estimates that 40 million Americans will fill out more than 70 million brackets and bet approximately $9 billion on the NCAA tournament. The $9 billion is more than double what the AGA estimated was bet on the Super Bowl in the U.S. So, look for your deadbeat loser friends and relatives to hit you up for a loan sometime in April. How much food are we wasting? Are you sitting down? According to a new report from the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, every year nearly 1.3 billion tons of food ends up in landfills. That's close to a trillion dollars worth of food. The plan now is to dig holes deep enough to bury the wasted food that we can feed the starving kids in China our parents kept telling us about. Archaeologists have discovered the lost city of a vanished civilization deep in the jungles of Honduras. Experts suspect it wasn't actually lost, just populated by men who refused to stop and ask for directions. At long last, your rocketeer dreams are about to become a reality. According to Relevant Magazine, the Martin Aircraft Company has announced that their personal jetpack will go on sale to the public by 2017 after receiving the cash needed during their latest round of funding from investors. The company hopes that in addition to consumers who are looking to take to the highways in the sky, the jetpacks could also provide first responders with a new, safe way to access people in need during emergencies and natural disasters. You might want to start saving your money, though. Your own personal jetpack is going to set you back about $200,000. Still, it's worth it if it means you get to date Jennifer Connelly. Lost in the suspension of Brian Williams, 
is the fact that his Academy Award-winning announcer has also been suspended by virtue of his absence. Williams' personal NBC Nightly News announcer was Michael Douglas. Wow. I'll bet Mike really misses those payments of 73 bucks a week. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. Get the YouTube version at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. While you're there, you can also join the Daily Dose of Weird News Facebook group, see other stories, or post your own. Download the free app for Apple or Android, sign up for my newsletter, visit me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, check out audiobooks that I've voiced, and more. It's all in one place, DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Until next time, keep it real. Weird. As a parent, are you concerned that your kids or teens lack the financial intelligence skills to become successful? Would you like them to learn about business and finance? Look no further. For the 18th year, Future Investor Clubs of America will be hosting its Young Investors Wall Street Summer Camps for students ages 8 through 19. Campers learn about saving, investing, money management, and more. Students also participate in daily financial field trips to college business schools, financial service institutions, and major corporations. To learn more, visit www.ficacamps.com. That's F-I-C-A camps.com. Or call 888-320-9990. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have wrinkles, crow's feet, under eye puffiness, or bags? If so, check out this website, anotherflawlessface.com. They've got a product that will take all of that away within two minutes. That's right, instant results. Anotherflawlessface.com. Watch as your flaws disappear within minutes. They also have other phenomenal health and beauty products, so go check it out. Anotherflawlessface.com. Experience what it's like to be flawless.
right. We're getting ready for our Talking Politics with Valerie Sun in just a little while, so you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned, and we'll find out what's happening in the world of politics. We're getting ready also for our special guest, Ms. Chisa Penix-Brown, who's going to talk about the business behind branding. Listen, we got a lot of great things going on for the show. Get your pen and paper out. Class is in session. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. This weekend, if I hadn't already said something about it, was the first weekend of spring, and I absolutely, absolutely enjoyed myself. And everyone that I talked to had a great weekend, too. I hope you did as well as we're kicking off your week, getting back involved in whatever your obligations are for this week. And looking forward to a couple of great days this week. We are going to have some rain in Charlotte, North Carolina area. I'm not looking forward to that, but I am going to definitely soak up as much sun as I can. In just a moment, we're going to get ready for our interview with Ms. Chisa Penix-Brown. needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Oh, this needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Oh, tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. about it this needs to be said tell the whole world about it this needs to be said oh tell the whole world about it this needs to be said this needs to be said tell the whole world about it this needs to be said oh tell the whole world about it this needs to be said Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. This needs to be said. This needs to be said. All right, Ms. Chisa Penix, over the past 13 years, has been coaching others in business, community outreach, social media insights. She is a CEO who has transformed with persistence and with a long-term vision of helping her peers. She is Lady Business, an organization committed to entrepreneurship opportunities and business development for branding, social engagement, and marketing. She's going to come and spend some time with us on today's show to talk about the business behind branding. So at this time, I'd like to welcome her to the show. How are you? Hi there. How are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Yes, I can hear you okay. And I have to move to a location that would be more conducive for this interview. Um, So I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me on this interview today. I greatly appreciate it. And to anybody who's listening and was planning on being in at 2 o'clock, I definitely apologize. We had some different things that happened today that threw off my schedule a little bit. But we are here now. Yes, we are, and class is in session. Now, as we have, you know, we've 
not directly work side by side, but in a way we have on social media. We've been in some of the similar events. And watching each other grow in our businesses, I have to say that I admire what you do. I'm always seeing you working, doing something, conducting a workshop, teaching someone about their business, whether it's a webinar or in person. You're definitely keeping busy and helping other people grow their business and keep busy as well. So I just want to say I admire what I see as you continue to grow your business. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. And it's not something that I, you know, take lightly because I know that people are always watching. And to me, that's one of the first things about your brand is to know that even when you think people aren't watching and they're not paying attention, there's always somebody lurking in the background um, that could become a potential client uh, or that could recommend you to somebody else because they've seen your work. And so for me, that is definitely something that I take pride in is to make sure, you know, to put out quality content and quality events that people want to come to, trainings, and so all of that makes a big difference to me. Let's back up 13 years and tell us how you got started in business. Like how did you know, okay, this is where I need to be going? Were you always thinking of starting a business or being in business, or did it was it a gradual process? What was that story like? Well, I think it was always something that I wanted to do, number one, because I always was the type of person to start things. Um, So I went to Elon University at the time when I first started with Elon College, but now Elon University. And, um, you know, I started a lot of things there. I was the president of a couple of different organizations. I was members of different things. Um, I started my chapter of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, uh, the Omicron Upsilon chapter at that school. Um, And so there was a lot of firsts that happened with me being at Elon and kind of taking Uh the initiative to say, you know, if it's something that's not here that you see that you want to have, let's build it. And Uh I think that that passion for building something and giving people other alternatives is one of the main things that pretty much kind of drives me as far as business goes. And then after Uh I got out of school, then I started managing poets. So I had about 10 different poets that I managed, and we would travel all over North Carolina, you know, South Carolina, Atlanta. And, of course, that's when poetry was big, when deaf poetry was, you know, hot and Love Jones was out. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was one of the only people around the area that was able to get their poets paid because everybody was doing it for free at the time. So Uh. the entrepreneurial spirit was always something that was there. And it took, you know, all of this time for me to say this is specifically what I want to do. So I don't want people to think that it's something that just happens overnight because, you have to work at whatever your craft is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So when we talk about brand, I, I like watching the, the um, show Shark Tank, I, and I have no idea, like I, maybe I'm building my nerve up for it, but I like watching Shark Tank. And the entrepreneurs come up and they are presenting themselves um, to these panel of people. Well, one night um, a young lady was talking about uh, her product or whatever, and she said, I'm building my brand, I'm building my brand. And at that point, she had made just under $100,000 that year. And one of the sharks said to her, you know, with that amount of money, you don't have a brand yet. And I was like, ouch. So I don't know if they were just doing it, you know, for the shock factor of the show. But when we're talking about a brand, I'm thinking, and you correct me here, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. recognition. Like, I like cars. So if you take all the decals off a particular car, I should be able to tell you that car if I'm really into that kind of car if I'm really into cars. So it doesn't. I don't need to see Honda, Nissan, Lexus, or Mercedes on the back of it to know the body style of that car because it's branded that I know that that car is, you know, a Nissan 350Z. Or yeah. I know, uh-huh. know that. So when I'm thinking of branding, I'm thinking of being able to recognize it. Um, 
I saw in the movie Tammy, a comedy movie, I think they used the Hardys in there, even though they named it something different, but the brand was the building. I recognize the mm-hmm. building layout of all the Hardys that I know. So when we're talking mm-hmm. about branding, is it a dollar amount that I need to make before I can qualify myself as having a brand, or what really is it? And I'm well, talking for the new a, people in business. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think it's a dollar amount, but I do think that, to me, a brand is something that's intangible. Um, you know, you can look at a particular logo and say, okay, that that's part of the brand, and it is. But it is still okay. going to be things about your business that, regardless of you being present, a person should still be able to stay, and it represents you on its own merits. So, you know, my thing, I'm really big on the name. So when it says lady business, to me, I want you to associate that with quality. I want you to know it's no foolishness. If we said mm-hmm. you're going to get something, that's exactly what you should expect. And, you know, that to me is a part of the brand that I have. Um, in addition, as far as me, one thing that people typically think of is marketing or social media. And those are the things that I want people to think of regardless of if I'm there or not. So I think that it definitely is, of course, the logo, what it actually looks like. But people don't realize sometimes that poor service becomes their brand or um, low quality can become their brand also. So when you think Mm -hmm. about a Walmart, the typical thing that people will say is low prices, but you also should Mm -hmm. associate that typically sometimes with a lower quality, and that could be because of how they, you know, treat employees or, you know, if you even think about the dress code. Dress code is not really a big thing at Walmart. Everybody just has one, you know, has on the vest. But then when you think of Target, Uh you typically do get a little bit more quality, even though they're similar companies and could have the same type of clientele. The thing is, at the end of the day, you will say to me, for most part, um, that it is a little bit more quality with Target because they do have a dress code. There is some type of uniformity to it. Uh, The store's layouts is different. The brands that they carry are different. Prices will be Uh different. So I think Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, if a person is really concerned with creating a brand, the first thing that they should do is make sure that they have a quality product and or service. Mm -hmm. Now, you said something um, very important, and I want to take a break, but I want you to answer this before we take a quick break. The logo Mm -hmm. is or is not the brand? It can be. It can be, but it's the same thing as if you didn't have the words Target and you still saw those red circles with the white circle and the red circle in the middle, you'd still know that it was Target. So it is pretty much the identifier, the first thing that you would see that you would associate with the name of that particular company. All right, let's take a short break. We'll be right back with more from Ms. Cheesa Penix-Brown, Business Behind Branding. We'll be right back. This needs to be said.
was a rich man, a new car I would buy and drive you, girl, around the world. See the sparkles in your eyes. Now I've got a super plan. Gonna be a rich man soon. Got a rocket in my pocket. Fly you, girly, to the moon. And I would be the only one that would come your way. See, my name is Bush Love You. And have a nice day.
Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We're talking about the business behind branding. And the CEO of Lady Business is joining us today, Ms. Cheesa Penix-Brown, and she's helping us identify what branding is. So if you haven't been taking notes, get your pen and paper out. You don't want to miss taking the notes that are coming up. I have some more great questions. Chisa, as I'm thinking about what we've been talking about, how many parts are there to a brand? What do a, what does a business owner need to consider? Well, wow, that's a good question. Um, a business owner really needs to consider quite a bit, um, and I think sometimes people leave out some things, and so that could be a problem. But I would definitely say um, it could be up to ten parts. And that's mm. just dependent upon which parts are already missing from a person's brand. So the first okay. thing that I would say is that they really need to identify um, the people that could actually influence the brand and make those decisions as to what they want the brand to be. So decide on a message that you actually have for your brand and craft that message in all of the things that you do. But mm-hmm. when you're doing that, um, another step would be to really listen to what people in your industry are already doing and then also what your customers say that they want from you. And so those things could be exactly the same, or you could see some type of disconnect. So listening to what people say that they want, um, I'm very big on finding whatever the pain or the real need is because Uh that's how you really start to be successful. Just throwing something out there um, may not be the best thing, but once you can find your niche, then you know what people really want. And sometimes it's very simple. All you need to do is ask people and listen to what they have to say. Um, so I think that it can be can be simple, but it can also be something once you start to really look at all the things that can identify you and help people to know exactly what your business is about without you having to do a big dissertation, that makes a big difference. They, they see you, they know you, they like you, and then that usually turns into people doing business with you. All right. Chisa, let's take a um, second to uh, let you share with people how they can get in touch with you outside of this needs to be said before I go to my next question. Sure. Um, You can find me pretty much everywhere online. Everything is Lady Business. So it's L-A-D-Y-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. If you're following me on Twitter or Instagram, um, and I do follow back, so if you follow me and just send me a message, let me know that you heard us on this radio show with this needs to be said today. That would be great. Um, In addition, my email is ladybusinessonline at gmail.com. And so L-A-D-Y-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S-O-N-L-I-N-E at gmail.com. And then as far as connecting directly, you can always go to my website, to ladybusiness.com, and you can also um, go to the contact page and send me information there. Uh, if people are considering being clients, then I do have them fill out uh, pretty much it's a, it's a social media audit, and pretty much it's a business audit in general just to see exactly where your business is so that this way I can kind of look at some things before we get into actually having a conversation and doing a consultation. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, I want to know what your thoughts are when you see people online, as you, you know, a big part of your business is looking at what people are doing online, what their social media is saying about them. What are your thoughts about those people who are going through rebranding? Well, I think you definitely want to let people know that you're going through rebranding so that this way they expect to see some different things from you. Um, I definitely am a stickler for saying with, a, you know, some type of schedule so that this way if you're going to release something on a particular date, you may want to hype it up. So let's say next month at this particular time or a particular date, you're going to have some new things coming out. Make sure that you keep in touch with people to just let them know that there are new things that they're going to be expecting. Um, and to me, one of the best things that people can do just in general 
general in business. And I say this, you know, in all the people that I teach in my classes, even if you're not in business yet, start collecting email addresses of people that can potentially be your clients. So Mm -hmm. I um, use MailChimp. And I would definitely suggest for you to set up a list on there so that this way, even if you're in the building process and maybe you're not ready to launch yet, or if you had some emails that were pertained to your business and you really want to be consistent with the message, to go ahead and um, create a newsletter that goes out either monthly, biweekly, weekly, um, you know, so that this way you can continue to connect with people. So I think to me uh, that's one of the biggest things because people may not be a customer today, but if they liked your brand enough to give you their email address, it's something that could be next week or a month from now. Um, I've even seen people that have said, you know, with certain certain email lists that I'm a part of, you know, it's been two years and I never came to anything, but I saw this and you kept sending emails, and so now they're coming and they become customers um, or clients uh-huh. or they attend events. So to me, that's mm-hmm. really big. Absolutely. Now I want to ask on the other end of that. When do you see? Or what are your thoughts when you see somebody saying that they're rebranding when they really hadn't established who they are or what they're doing, but they're rebranding? Wow. Okay. So that one is slightly different. They may need to rebrand because they didn't have a brand in the first place. You know, I mean, and I understand, you know, that it could be maybe um, to a person that's a little more seasoned like yourself, like, what are you talking about? And that's one of those things where it's just kind of like, who knew you in the first place? But at the same time, (laughs) um, it could be that maybe that person went to a class, maybe they got a little bit more education and they see a need, or maybe they saw something else from someone else that they're paying attention to or following, and it made them make a decision that what they were doing wasn't sufficient and that they wanted to improve. So I definitely always see a positive when it comes to a person rebranding. It's just make sure that you're still reaching the right target audience because you could change audiences. You know, it could be something as simple as you change the colors and all of a sudden people don't pay attention or they don't recognize you or maybe they think you look like somebody else's stuff. Um, but at the at the end of the day, I would definitely say to do what makes you feel comfortable but also take into consideration the audience that you're trying to reach if you're going to be making major changes in your brand. Because I did the same thing. Um, one of the things was when I first started, my logo was very feminine. And one of the things is that men would say, oh, well, this says lady business, so maybe I feel like I can't come to it. And I'm just like, if it's a business event and it's networking and you read the description of it, that should let you know that you could come to it. But, you know, it was up to me to say, well, let me do something that that regardless, because I'm not going to change the name, but that men feel comfortable with also. And so then I changed the logo. And it still works, but it's a lot more sleek and a lot more modern and a lot simpler now than it was when Mm -hmm. I first started. You moved me to a great, um, my next question. When do you, some of the things you talked about, like if I want to reach a different audience, if I want to make sure I don't, you know, isolate any particular people that I could serve, what are some other times that I would need to know as a business owner it's time to change the brand. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Um, mm-hmm. Domino's Pizza used to be Domino's Pizza. It's just Domino's yep. now because they mm-hmm. offer other things on their menu. I don't know what changed and what made them decide that I wouldn't know that they offer wings if they were still Domino's Pizza. However, they dropped pizza. And I think Little Caesars did the same thing as well. So it's not Little Caesars Pizza Pizza anymore. It's Little Caesars. So mm-hmm. I'm noticing over the years places that I patronize are changing a bit. I don't know why. I don't, you know, um, even Walmart changed their logo just a bit 
but not enough for you not to recognize them on site still. But what within their company or what within my company would I say, this is a good time for me to upgrade the brand or rebranding? Which would that be called? Would that be an upgrade or rebrand? I think it can be either, just depending on what you're doing. So, like, let's say for your company, if you decided to make some specific changes, um, you've already established a brand which I feel is recognizable in this particular area, and you have a name that is general enough to um, for people to understand it. And so it's very easy to relate to, to understand, and you still are trying to reach the same type of core people. But if you were trying to expand to something um, a little bit different, if and even when you say, you know, you look at the demographics as far as income, usually to me that's really what the change is as far as people mm-hmm. making branding changes. Um, it's usually because you do want to seek out more income or you want a clientele that is going to provide more income for you. That mm-hmm. typically is what I see. So, like, with the Domino's, um, you know, and the Little Caesars, Little Caesars prices are still relatively the same, and you know what you're going to get with Little Caesars. It's not like Little Caesars is, uh, you know, a sit-down restaurant. You know, you come in, you get your food, it's already made, you leave. Um, with Domino's, though, I can see that they have changed a lot of things with their company as far as ingredients, but just their marketing, mm-hmm. and they have specifically uh, tried to reach a customer that really wants things online. So I think that that was probably one of the biggest things that Domino's did was to say we really want to reach a younger demographic, which is why we focus so much on people not coming in the store anymore. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that that makes a big difference as far as them reaching out to to try to expand their market to say, well, look, it's not just pizza because you do have people that don't eat pizza. I know that sounds crazy. Like, what? What kind of world is this? Some <laughs> people don't eat pizza. And the thing is, if they didn't tell you that they serve more options, would you try some of those other options? Um, you know, and just for me in particular, you know, I've tried plenty of things at Domino's, and pizza is still the main thing that I go to them for. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it does give me the option to, um, you know, go and check the other menu items. So I think Mm -hmm. that really it is changing because you want to reach a different demographic. And I have a perfect example for that. Steve Harvey, when he first came out, the hoodies, right? Right. It was the Hoodie Awards, right? So now Uh it's changed to the Neighborhood Awards. Now, that was really originally meant to reach a a regular population, uh, predominantly African-American, of course, demographic. But once Steve Harvey started getting those sponsors, and trying to pull in money, then he had to change the name. And that was specifically because he was trying to reach a higher demographic. Now, he's mm-hmm. still honestly reaching the same people as far as recognizing people in their neighborhoods, but the name did make a difference. Wow. And, you know, it's so subtle. Um, it's not a big change. So let's say, and I joke about people who are doing a whole bunch of different things. They're selling knives and lipsticks. and They're doing things that just are not related so what do you mm-hmm. say about a person that, or say to a person in their business, and they say, okay, um, she said, I want to go from selling knives to lipsticks, um, but I want to keep my same logo and people know me as this, but I want to take it from knives to lipsticks. What's your advice? I've seen that plenty of times, and I can be honest with you, those people are not my clients. Um, and oh. the reason is because I, I even have family that, that flips back and forth between one product to another. I personally want to work with people that have a passion for what they do and that are not flip-flopping through different businesses. I do see, Mm -hmm. though, 
on the flip side of that, that you do have people that will incorporate other parts to their business and bring in other income streams that it does make sense for their business so that it is related. That, to me, is different than a person that's constantly flipping and changing to with the next MLM company, the next big thing. And mm-hmm. your brand is already established. It doesn't matter what you name it because you're the person that's constantly selling something. That's, that's the brand mm-hmm. that you've already established. So unless you start to really stick with one thing, and I don't mean one thing for six months, I mean one thing for years where that is the thing that you really do, you will always be associated with a person that flip-flops back and forth. So mm-hmm. you've already established a brand, and the only thing that you can do to break that brand is to really focus on one thing. And mind you, I'm saying this from a person who does a whole bunch of different things too. Um, I just have always felt that I always tried to do things that were still consistent. My my target demographic has always been women. It's always been that 25 to basically 50, 60 age group, depending on what I'm doing. Um, and so that's always been the main people that I wanted to work with. Most of my clients are women or nonprofit organizations. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if you are selling other things, make sure that it makes sense for the business. So you can be an affiliate to another company, but does it make sense yeah. for your business? Um, you can still sell other things. So, like, let's say if I'm talking to women, it's other things that I'm actually a part of, right, but I don't make that my main thing that I'm selling. Um, it could be something to help you or to help a client, and but it's not the main thing that I'm pushing. I think my big problem with people nowadays comes when they have a business that is there that if they really just took the time to put the effort into that instead of switching to another MLM company, because that $100 that you just spent to join that company, why couldn't you have spent that on your own advertisement or invested in the supplies that you needed for your business that you had already started? And that's, to me, where I see the problem is people are always looking for the quick thing and the next big buck, Mm -hmm. and that becomes their brand as opposed to this is really what I'm doing. And sometimes it's just the result. I think it's the result. It could also be that MLM companies provide this teamwork kind of thing, but at the end of the day, the person that's at the top of the pyramid is the one that's making the most amount of money. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think you just have to kind of weigh that with, you know, if you really have a passion for a particular thing, that will shine through before you just add in a bunch of other, you know, random companies and businesses and stuff like that. So, you know, find the thing that you really love and really focus on that thing. Listen, we got a couple of more questions, but we need to take a short break. And I'm going to go ahead and give you the heads up on what those questions are because you brought up something. Because I do a lot of things myself, and there's a fine line between being all over the place and actually keeping things in line with what you're doing and not pulling you away from your business. So I want to know um, some tips on walking that fine line for business owners. And then the other thing, when you mentioned MLM, because this crosses my mind a lot, and they say you mm-hmm. can have your own business. Can you really have your own business and can you brand it? We'll answer those questions after the break, okay? Sure. Great. Peace and love, world. It's your man, Tayanis. And you are now listening to my new single, Stronger Soul Sister, exclusively on This Needs to Be Said Radio. So don't touch that down. That means don't go nowhere. We here with my girl, DJ Butterscotch. Keep on rocking, baby. One love.
soul sister In this beautiful struggle trying to bring life to your vision See I know this well is vicious but you strong Taking care of business and your home Say cut this song cause it's your song See I know he did you wrong You passed that cause you grown Holding it down on your own as solid as an earth stone even when your back's against that wall, your instinct takes over, so you can conquer all. And I have nothing but respect for your elegant intellect. Don't let this world get you down. Get that weight up off your chest, cause when you stay prayed up, blessings come down. Carry yourself just like a queen, then kings will come around. Infatuated with her aura, can't do nothing but adore her. So there's no reason why we shouldn't break our backs for her. So put your ones up for sisters' elevation. Cause if God made us, let's take care of God's grace. Can you see she faith never gives up, she holds it down, works all day and night if she's gotta come what may, and she'll say, it makes her strong, 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 that much stronger, hey, yeah, 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 my sister. Beautiful soul sister, manifesting inspiration when my spirit needs that lift up. I know this well is vicious, but you strong. I have feelings that lie way deeper than digging the love zones. It's something about your vibe that should be treasured. Her soul side lives in her message. Her presence is my pleasure. I know her past was aggressive. It left her in question. Where will all that stress in? So she can receive that blessing. But overall, my queen walks tall. Her love's out of this world, like solar system stars. I want to be where you are. No Michael, to be that man of faith That puts her into all your bad cycles Infatuated with her aura, can't do nothing but adore her So there's no reason why we shouldn't break our backs for her So put your ones up, for sister's elevation Cause if God made us, let's take care of God's face Ain't no Can you see what she faced Never gives up, she holds it down Works all day and night If she's gotta come what may And she'll say Put your ones up in the air put for my sister. You know you're strong. You know you're strong. Say put your ones up in the air for my sister. You know you're strong. Put your ones up in the air for my sister. You know you're strong. Say put your ones up in the air for my sister. You're so strong. Yeah, my sister, beautiful soul sister. Don't let this world get you down. Get that weight up off your chest. Aisha Martin of A. Martin Group and Precious Gems Worldwide. And when I need to know what's going on, I tune in to This Needs to Be Said. It's all here. 
this is Dana Sidberry of MotivationMarketingFirm.com. And when I need to hear what needs to be said, I tune in to This Needs to Be Said. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We've been having a wonderful conversation with Ms. Cheesa Penix-Brown, the business behind Brandon. We've covered so much. But we had two questions right before the break that I wanted her to address. So we're going to get into those, the fine line between being all over the place and actually doing stuff that's in line with your business. And then um, can you have your own business and brand it with a multi-level marketing company? So Cheesa, I'm going to turn those two questions over to you. Yes, 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 no problem. Okay, so the first question um, about the marketing, and please excuse any noise in the background. I'm still doing business while we're doing this call. Um, Can you repeat the first question for me? The first one is about the fine line between being all over the place and actually doing a lot of things that are in line with your business, not pulling you away from your primary focus. Hmm. Okay, so um, I I struggle with this with certain people. For me in particular, um, I've made adjustments to my business because I do feel like there could have been a time when people did feel like maybe I was all over the place because people would say, well, what do you do? Like I know the main thing that you do, but you seem like you do so much. And sometimes that can be a compliment, whereas other times it's kind of like, okay, well, I need you to really fully understand exactly what it is that I do because then you can send the right people to me. Um, So, I think the biggest thing with that is for you to clearly define what your mission and your vision is. And once you do that, then you need to do those things that are in alignment with it. Now, that's not to say that you can't sell other things that are complementary to your business, but let's just say, and I, I, try, I don't want to name anybody's name, definitely, and I don't want to call anybody out in particular, but let's say you are talking about a person and they work at um, – They have their own business. I can give you a perfect example. And what they really want to do is they really want to be able to facilitate classes and workshops, right? But then what they've done is maybe they left their main job or maybe they still have their main job, and they spent the time to really build the visual of what they want to do, but then they don't really follow up with it. And then an opportunity comes along for them to do a particular multi-level marketing company. And so they spend so much time doing that particular thing And that's only bringing in a certain amount of income. So once you get into that, you know, you want to get to the next level, and it's always another level to get into. So to supplement that income, you do something else that maybe you just like and maybe that you thought you weren't going to buy a product, and now all of a sudden now you have two of them. Then you got a little hustle on the side, and maybe you bake cakes, and you want to add cakes into that because people are buying cakes. It becomes, you know, like, yeah, right? And so you can be so good. And this is the problem that I think that people come into is two things. A person like me, and, and probably like you also, is actually really good at doing more than one thing. So it becomes a difficult task to say, which thing should I stop doing so much and focus on? For me, it's always what's going to make you the most amount of money. And that's one reason I can just give you me in particular, that I stopped doing so many events. Because I love doing an event. I love event planning. I love seeing people come, the anticipation. Um, they had a great time. You know, whatever it was, it was a great thing. But then it wasn't making me the money that I thought that I should have made because the return on investment as far as a person like me that invests a lot of time into everything that they're doing 
it didn't give me the money that I really felt like I should have had. Um, so, yeah, sometimes you break even, and it's been events where I've made plenty of money at the event. But then I felt like, was it really worth it? So my mm-hmm. friend gave me this book. It's Timothy Ferris, The 4-Hour Work. I go ahead mm-hmm. and read the book. Before I can get to the end of the book, I'm like, I'm hustling backwards. His whole thing is that you should be able to make the income that you need to make within working four hours in the course of a week, as long as, you you know, you stay on task. And I really said to myself, okay, well, what's the minimum number that you want? And anybody can do this. If you know how much you want or even how much you need in order to pay your bills and sustain um, and this is not talking about, okay, I just want to borrow out of control money. What is the minimum that you need or want? Once you figure that out, break it down to how much should you be making an hour um, and see if that can come out. So my minimum number was $2,000 a month. And I said, okay, so then when I break that down, I should be making basically $125 an hour at a minimum so that this way I can make, um, if I'm working in that time frame, basically $500 a week, right? So when I'm looking okay. at the numbers, I'm just like, well, why aren't you – oh, no, excuse me. The number would be different because I'm thinking uh, 150. It should be well, – no, 125, 25. Yeah, I'm sorry, 125 is correct So um, for the four hours. So when I looked at this, I'm just like, okay, well, what do I really love to do and what's bringing me the income? Technically, uh-huh. an event could bring you that, but you have to really take into consideration all the time that you need to take in advance to promote it. So if you look at it, I could do an event and get $500, but how much time did I spend before that actually working on that event? So one of my Uh biggest things was that I I always love to teach. So let's focus on that. And then once I really took the time to really focus on teaching and making that the thing, then it was easy for me to make that amount of money per hour. And it was easy for me to teach that amount of, you know, hours per week. So now Mm -hmm. I exceed the original number with no problem because I had to put the other things aside and focus on the thing that was making me the most amount of money. So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the best advice I can give to anybody is stop doing all these little things because they take your energy away from whatever your main purpose was, and then you end up chasing the dollar as opposed to really building the brand that will bring you the money that you really want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then our last question before we wrap up today, and I do appreciate your time, can you brand a multi-level marketing company when they say you can have your own business? I think so. I definitely think so. I think okay. that the thing is, when you brand it, you are branding yourself, and that's what people don't seem to understand. Because you're selling the mm-hmm. same exact product as everybody else. You don't have a special whatever. You can give a discount, but every time you give a discount, you're not getting the full value of what you should receive. So I'm not a big discount person. Um, but at the same time, if I'm selling what you're selling, let's say the big thing right now is the little five-pound tea, little ISO tea. If we're both selling it, what's going to make a person buy from me as opposed to you? It could be results, but at the at the end of the day, everybody has those before and after pictures, but it's the individual person that makes you want to buy from them. So I think mm-hmm. that people, if they're going to do multi-level marketing companies, um, the first thing that I always suggest to any of my clients that are doing it is to go ahead and buy your own domain name. Take your domain name and pull it and make that the brand and put that um, in front of whatever the URL that the company gives you for your individual website. Um, Then once you do that, go ahead and get your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, and start building it, you know, just as if you have customers because usually when you first start, you're not going to have that many customers. Um, Instead of bringing people to the big group meetings where, you know, they can get taken very easily, do your own meetings and host your own thing and build your own team because you can make plenty of money by yourself, but the goal of all of the multi-level marketing companies is for you to build a team 
And don't just get people on there because you want to make money from them because those people are not going to continue to build the business. You need people, Mm -hmm. and this is even if you were in a regular business, that want to work as hard or harder than you to get the money. So at the end of the day, it depends, everything depends on how much effort that you put into building your brand. All right. Chisa, tell them how to get in touch with you one more time before you get out of here. Certainly. Visit me at www.ladybusiness.com. That is L-A-D-Y-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S.com. You can reach me on the contact page. Uh, You can also check me out on pretty much any social media outlet by typing in Lady Business. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, Slipogram, Snapchat, everything. So feel free to send me a message, follow me, and I definitely always do put out great business tips specifically on the page that I have that's called Business Branding. So if you're interested in that, we do have a business branding that is on Twitter and then one that's also on Instagram, and that is all completely about branding and building your B-R-A-N-D-I-N-G. And I would love to talk with you guys offline, so feel free to connect with me. Thank you, Chisa, for your time. Until next time. Thank you so much. You have a great day, and I really appreciate this interview. You're welcome. We're getting ready for Talking Politics with Valerie Sun in just a few moments. We're going to take another short break right before he joins the conversation. Guys, that was a lot of great information. If you were not taking notes, wait till the end of the show and you'll be able to go back and listen to the recording. Either way, you needed to be writing something down so that you don't miss any part of what she said if you're looking at your brand. And definitely connect with her. I want to compose you, write you into my sheets like Gershwin, craft midnight music with my fingertips, then place lyrics on your skin with my lips, intro insatiable, 16 kiss verse, hooked on your exhale, 16 stroke verse 2, anticipation bridges one minute to the next, 16 stroke verse again, orgasmic outro, classical, you are my rhapsody in blue.
We're ready for politics with Valerie's son. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's always great to call in and share political news here on this uh, wonderful Monday. Uh, spring is set in here. We're starting to get warmer and warmer yes. in the city of Charlotte. So it's always good to be able to call and uh, give information. We're getting closer and closer to the May primary, so we got to get our, our mindset for May primaries, November general election. So it's always good to be in a situation where we're able to call and get information on such as we get into the political season. I want that note. Um, North Carolina Republicans, I've always felt, I've felt for a long time, they've been in the back of the line when choosing presidential nominees. But their decision to kind of leapfrog towards the front of the primary season could cause the state an influx in GOP politics. It could set up a class with its, kind of with its neighbor down in South Carolina as to when exactly you're going to hold the primaries. Now, for about 25 years or more, the presidential nomination has already been sewn up by the time North Carolina primary voters get their turn in early May. Because typically it starts around the February season. Now, a new state law moves the primaries to three days after South Carolina's, which they hope to begin to be sometime in February. Now, the earlier race raised hope among many in North Carolina, but it will kind of make a difference in the actual election, especially with so many Republican candidates lining up to compete for the nomination this year. The hope is that if they can get a primary early in February, it'll be one of the states that you'll see and hear about it. There'll be a lot of attention to it, and most of the candidates will come because we now are in a Republican state with a Republican uh, governor. So that's the uh, intention of moving up earlier. Now, by shuffling the political calendar, there are kind of some consequences both ways to it. And other states are kind of getting ready to uh, also have theirs set up in the same sequence. So actually we have more and more going faster to the uh, primaries. Now, that's going to cause somewhat of a conflict because, again, there's always been a May primary. We've always kind of gone there and there's always been a set. Again, for well over, probably keep a lot of candidates away from kind of parades and Lincoln Day dinners and other things that they do because now, during that same time, they'd have to come here and campaign. And, of course, it would give you more time for the commercials, all of the signs and billboards, everything you see leading up to the November presidential election, of course, in 2016. But it would do that each year, the things that are upcoming in November. So it would actually give you longer time to, on the flip side, see, hear, and know about the candidate, but I guess on the positive side, it's going to bring more attention here because, again, it would be one of the major states. It would be a major player because typically by the time they come in May, as we've done the show quite a, a much, or quite a bit rather here, as you will see that as we're closer and closer to the election of a president, by the time they come in May, typically there's already a front runner or certainly there are two people that are kind of ahead and many people who vote are kind of swayed by what they've read and heard and many of the uh, people who are running the candidates feel the same way that by the time May comes around, you'll see people dropping off. 
you'll kind of know who's ahead. So they don't consider this as important of a stick as it would be if it was an early primary. So we'll see exactly how that goes. But that's certainly something that's on the docket now to have a much earlier primary. So, again, I'm so used to doing it in May. We'll see when exactly that takes place. Uh, this is a thing very interesting I thought happened in New Mexico. When the Mexico Senate actually approved a two-tier bill on Friday that will continue to grant driving privileges to people who are actually in the country illegally. The compromise reached on the issue called for two district driver's licenses, one that complies with federal identification requirements and another one that does not. The bill sponsored by Senator Stuart Engel and John Smith cleared the chamber with a 35 to 5 vote. However, the legislative session wrapped up on Saturday that appears unlikely the House will on the measure. The House last month rejected an amendment to a long-serving citizenship proposal and approved a bill to end the state's practice of giving driving license to people who can't prove they're in the country illegally. I'm sorry, prove they're here legally. Now, the Senate Public Affairs Committee on last week amended that bill to mirror the language in the Eagle Smith measure, but no further action was really taken after that. Now, the matter of issuing driving license to people suspected of being in the country illegally has been before legislation for years. State officials estimated that more than 100,000 licenses have been issued since New Mexico became one of the first states in 2003 to offer license to immigrants regardless of their status. So imagine 100,000 people potentially being in the state of Mexico that are here illegally, and they have the same driving privileges that those here illegally have. Now, this is Governor Susan Martinez, who is the nation's only Latino governor of the 50 governors that we have. She's been pushing for the repeal of the law since she was first elected back in 2010. Her office reiterated the government's opposition to the Senate bill. But currently right now, they do have, um, without having citizenship, you actually have the right to drive because there's so many people that are working. And uh, transportation obviously is a big issue. And getting back and forth where they're going, even though I know people are thinking they're here illegally, it's almost like never mind that. we got to get them out. We have them working. So we have to give them some type of driving privileges to get back and forth. Now, of course, there are restrictions on when they can drive and all of that. So not exactly like a regular driving license, but it does certainly give them the opportunity to drive around the state of New Mexico. And another reason that that's important, as we say all the time, or as I say a lot, typically when a law is passed in one state, it trickles down to others. Now, of course, other states don't have as big an issue with immigration as New Mexico does, being it's right there on the border. But you'll see states, I'm sure, such as California and other neighboring states, um, enact those same laws because, again, it's going to give you an opportunity to give those individuals an opportunity to be able to drive and go around and get to work. And, of course, they're making money for the state of New Mexico in doing so. Um, here in North Carolina, the vaccination bill that was just passed is actually Senate Bill 346. It has now dropped the requirement that every child in the state must be immunized against a range of diseases. It talks about uh, tetanus, whooping cough, diphtheria, uh, red measles. Now, instead, the bill says these vaccinations are required to attend school in the state. Now, while the new bill will make stricter immunization requirements for public schools. It also will result in homeschools not being required. As Senator Jeff Tart, who is a Mecklenburg County Republican, and a primary sponsor of the bill, said it was purposely left open to end it on homeschoolers. So certainly someone being homeschooled, the issue from that would be that they'll say you're homeschooled from kindergarten to, I don't know, maybe third grade, and then you go into the public school system. But now all of these shots you have not had and all the immunization things now must take place, and you have obviously a shorter period of time to do it because they're trying to get the child enrolled. So if you're not going to enroll them the entire time in homeschool, then this will be something they'll have to get once they're entering the um, public schools. But as of now, the new bill does not require someone being homeschooled to get as many shots as someone in the regular school. And I guess the logic behind that is if they're going to be home, they obviously won't affect as many kids or whatever they may or may not catch 
there's a shorter list of people, you know, fewer kids are going to be around, so obviously they wouldn't need as many shots according to the bill. There are those that agree and disagree with that, but it's certainly something that, um, again, you may see other places, but it's going to make it easier for those that are being homeschooled now to continue to be homeschooled because that's one less kind of burden that they have if, in fact, that is going to get all the immunizations. One thing on the national scene that we saw, and uh, I don't know how anyone could have watched the news yesterday or this morning not know, that we have our first official official candidate for presidency on the Republican end, and that is uh, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz out of Texas announced his campaign for the 2016 Republican presidential campaign on the weekend. Now, he did it at uh, up in Lynchburg, Virginia, at Liberty University, which, of course, many of us know is uh, Reverend Jerry, Jerry Falwell School. It's a private Christian institution. Now, the 44-year-old crew jumped into the race two years after being elected to office for the very first time. How uh, was the sign of eagerness to kind of take the more established Republicans to kind of make his mark and let them know already that he is, in fact, running. Uh, his entry makes him the first to again in the field. And right now, we're expected to go anywhere from three more people to 10, ten more people. Put their name in. We do know, certainly, Jeb Bush, and many people are saying another Bush, but Jeb Bush, the one who has not been president before. Uh, we expect him to come in. He's the current governor of Florida. We're looking at uh, Marco Rubio, also out of Florida, the senator. We've seen Randy Paul's name come up out of Kentucky. We've seen Scott Walker and, of course, uh, Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, former presidential candidate. They very well put his name in. And again, he's just on the Republican side. Cruz is an attorney by nature. He's a very eloquent, very good speaker. And uh, his preliminary appearances in early voting states, such as Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, have so far translated into a lot of support. Um, his Tea Party base is warming up to welcome, and growing number of conservatives are seeking someone who will be more likely to win a general election against who many people believe will be the Democratic candidate in um, Hillary Clinton. So let's see exactly how that goes, but now you officially know one person at least that is running for a president, which is uh, always a big time and always something that is exciting as we go again into another year of um, politics, looking into a presidential election, which, again, I think is the most exciting time of the uh, political season when we are looking for a new president. And uh, it never starts too early, but many of us know it will take place in 2016. We will start looking for another president. So uh, President Obama's reign is uh, getting shorter and shorter, and we will be looking for a new president in 2016. This is our first, again, Republican name that we see coming out and officially saying that running again, that is Ted Cruz. A lawsuit pitting three North Carolina governors against the General Assembly leaders has become a more legal exercise of the state's constitutions and it heads to the Supreme Court. And we talked about this a few weeks ago here on the show. Uh, last week, a panel of three Superior Court judges struck down the appointment scheme created by the legislator uh, last year for three environmental boards. The ruling could rebalance the power between legislative and executive branches for really the known future, the way it stands now. Legislative leaders make a majority of three boards' appointments, yet the ruling sided fully with Governor McCoy. Now, House Speaker Tim Moore and State Leader Phil Berger have announced plans to appeal this, amongst other senators, but they were the first ones to say they're going to appeal it. They say the ruling have implications reaching far beyond the three independent boards named the lawsuit. McCoy praised the decision, however, and one that represents a restored separation of power between the branches of government, and we do know about the legislative and executive branch and what exactly they can vote on and not vote on or what power that they hold. But now, in fact, this would give some more power and some more ruling individually to the governor or sitting governor. Now, it comes to the Rules Review Commission, which signs off of important details of how government agencies will carry out laws and includes the State Wildlife Resource Commission. 
which regulates hunting and fishing, and it can shift power back again to the governor. In turn, the Senate could also decide to ramp up its little used constitutional authority to formally confirm more appointments of the governors moving forward. Meaning again, they're rattling back and forth in this. Who is going to actually have the final say-so of power? If one of them wanted you and I, for instance, to take a position, who would hold the final say-so on that? The judge said the General Assembly was wrong in giving the Speaker and Senate leader authority to make appointments under the uh, cash, the Coal Cash Management Commission, as well as compensation for the soon-to-be Oil and Gas Commission and Mining Commission. And again, we're talking lots and lots of money and lots and lots of influence when someone is put in their position. The judges also said the legislator couldn't demand the coal ash panel, which is overseeing the cleanup of Duke Energy coal ash pits, to act independently of Macquarie's individual economic agencies. So whenever that takes place, you're looking at great change. So, again, this is an important decision, a huge decision, because it's going to decide exactly what power or what exactly can be done in addition to what the governor already holds as far as appointing positions. And, again, if, in fact, that takes place, that is going to change a lot of um, things as we know it as far as who makes decisions, how they're made, what level that they're made. So that that is a um, tremendous ruling. We'll see exactly how that takes place. But it's certainly one of the um, larger and, again, most interesting rulings that we've seen in quite a while because you're going to see perhaps a big change because, again, giving that much power to any individual, especially the governor, is always something that's come back and forth. And, again, it's being brought before the state senate as we speak. I look at that new wage that's actually going to send food stamp recipients to work. A new federal grant that will help 10 states test programs to help food stamp recipients find jobs, from using career coaches to quicker training courses to mental health assistance. Now, the grants announced on last week in Georgia by, the, by Agriculture Secretary Tom Bisley comes as a Republican Congress is strong way to cut the program, which cost $74 billion last year, twice as much as it cost in 2008. Again, it is $74 billion that was spent in the last year. Some, in, some of the Republicans have proposed stricter work requirements as a way to do that. But President Obama's administration sees better working training as an alternative to cuts or stricter work requirements. Now, the food stamp program has long been the center of uh, controversy between the two parties for as long as uh, we can remember, with uh, elected officials debating back and forth again what should be done with something that costs $74 billion. Republicans, for the most part, have called it a government giveaway and have worked historically to rein it in if not eliminate it completely, and many of them have made it perfectly clear that that is what they intend to do, to eliminate the food stamp program. Many Democrats, particularly those that are kind of on the liberal wing, I would call it, have uh, fought to cut the program, calling it an essential element of the federal government's safety net for the poor. And we've heard the president speak on that many times about the importance of uh, federal subsidies and of particularly dealing with issues of food stamps. Now, Right now, Washington does provide the money for food stamps. It's called the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, but it is administrated by the states. Now, regulations vary from state to state. As part of this grant program, the Agriculture Department is contracting two private research organizations to evaluate the state's performance. Only about a fifth of 46 million SNAP recipients are even eligible for the training. The rest are elderly, disabled, children, or already in the workforce. So you got a huge body that's really not even going to be affected by it. Now, an example of what happens in Georgia, the tip participants will use an online tool developed by the state to create individual work plans. In Kentucky, state would work with local employers to teach skills and demand jobs like food service. In California, they would test child care programs for people who need to work, training as part of family-centered approach. 
Other states receiving the grants right now are Delaware, Kansas, Illinois, Mississippi, Vermont, Virginia, and Washington State. Now, the Republican House passed the bill in 2013 that would have allowed states to put broad new work requirements in place. The bill would have ended government waivers for some states that allow able-bodied adults with dependents to receive food stamps indefinitely. Our current laws only allow those adults to receive the benefits for three months. That's in a three-year period. So that's important to know because each time this goes before, you're going to see different changes and different views of it as they try and try Republicans, try and try more to eliminate it. Again, Democrats see it as something that's essential and that must take place. So the fight on food stamps not only continues, but it's going to continue because you have two governing bodies seeing things completely different. Um, a few more things you do want to get in. One being uh, here in the city of Charlotte, I think it's wonderful news that the vast majority of the uh, family fight has been going back and forth over the Cherry neighborhood. Many uh, Charlotte residents or many people who are, who are in now and, of course, have been here throughout their life know kind of what's taking place in the Cherry neighborhood, which is one of the oldest black neighborhoods in the city of Charlotte. Uh, it's very close to downtown. Charlotte City Council approved five rezoning petitions that would add more than 60 affordable housing units in the historic Cherry neighborhood. Now, the 60 units include the existing 50 that were made possible by the Charlotte Housing Authority with new single-family homes selling for more than $600,000 in the exact same area. Now, this was, again, easily approved by the uh, city council. Only one council member, Kenny Smith, voted against it. He had called concern to some residents who feared the effects of dense development were due to CMS. The project increase of 160 students in nearby schools is something he felt the council needs to consider. Now, what's going to happen is maybe some of the older residents will be able to move back into Cherry, and those struggling with housing or no housing will be able to afford a place back in Cherry where, again, you have several generations of people that have lived there, many elderly people that have been in Cherry all their life. And basically, the redevelopment was the plan was to remove all of those, come back in with newer homes, again, some in the $600,000 range, and revitalize that whole area. And, of course, they would have eliminated many of those people who've lived there, again, all their life or a lot of their life in a very historic neighborhood. And, of course, many of these, not the majority of these people, are African-Americans who have been there, again, for decades. So one of the proposals by the city council, they will be able to stay there. Some of them will be. And, again, uh, this is just one protest petition that have been going on and on, and then something that has been taking place for many years just with those deciding exactly where, the, where it was going to be and how it was going to take place in allowing those individuals to stay there. And uh, the new CHA development is slated for 2017. So Charlotte House Authority will come in and do some development starting in 2017, which is, I think, again, always a good thing when, in fact, that's taking place. Um, one other thing, the Supreme Court actually on Monday settled a dispute, or is going in the middle of a dispute. It hasn't been settled completely because it's being appealed. Over a proposed Confederate battle flag license plate to balance worries about government censorship and concerns an offensive message could at worst incite violence. And here we are again in 2015 discussing this. Nearly 150 years after the end of the Civil War, the justice heard arguments in a case over Texas' refusal to issue a license plate bearing the battle flag. Nine other states allowed drivers to display plates with the flag, which remains both a, I guess, a tough image of heritage and, of course, a racially charged symbol of oppression. We're talking about the Confederate flag, and again, we've gone through everything here in our south, as you call it, in our area, with our issues in South Carolina. Where this flag does still sit in front of the Capitol building for many years, it sat above the Capitol building, and that was uh, part of many marches, part of many things that people were in outrage over for many years the boycott of South Carolina to get the flag moved down. And now, again, it's in front of the state house where the same flag now is being put on a 
tag in the state of Texas. Again, it's actually allowed in other states. Now, especially license plate tags are big business in Texas. They bought in $17.6 million last year. The state officials said there are now nearly 450 messages to choose from. So you have a vast array of tags you can choose. The state rather rejects the specialty plate, but it did turn down the request from the Texas Division of the Sons of Confederate Veterans for a license plate bearing the logo on the battle flag. Again, this lawsuit is being going back and forth. The justice seem uncomfortable with the argument advanced by the state in defense of the actions of the Sons of Confederate Veterans. If the court finds that the state must permit the battle flag on license plates, several justices wanted to know if a swastika, a racial slur, or a jihad would be allowed if someone requested them. The result of such a ruling by Judge Anthony Kennedy said, he said himself, they probably would end the state's program for allowing specialized. If you prevail, you're going to prevent a lot of Texans from conveying a message. Car owners remain free to express any message they wish by attaching a bumper sticker or painting on their cars. Now, Texas commemorates from the Confederacy in many ways. The battle flag is etched in a century-old Civil War monument on the grounds of the state capitol in uh, the capital, Austin, Texas. The First Amendment dispute has brought together some unlikely allies, including the American Civil Liberties Union, anti-abortion groups, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, and the Civil Libertarians group headed by P.J. Wolf. So, again, uh, that's something very interesting that we are dealing with and discussing here in 2015, but we are, in fact, doing that as we find out what can take place as far as what can be on a tag that's going on your actual car that you're actually paying for it, again, to get it down to who's offended, what's offending, who, how you're getting offended. So it's a very interesting case because, again, when something goes through in one state, you can expect something very similar to take place in other states. So those are just some of the things that are just taking place this week. So I thought what um, kind of, I don't want to say ruffle feathers, but kind of get people interested and kind of intrigued as to some of the things that are taking place uh, nationally because there's a vast array of things taking place. As I say each and every week, most of these things you will see in here if you simply tune into the first, I want to say five minutes, but probably three minutes of any major newscast, you're going to hear something political taking place. Any radio show that you listen to in the mornings, afternoons, there's always usually some type of political information or political segment or news segment where it involves something taking place politically. And the reason for that is because they want to keep you informed that so many things taking place is almost unavoidable once you kind of know what you're listening to and what you're looking for. So that's always something that I challenge each and every listener to go out and do, and I actually go around telling people that personally now all the time. If you watch the news, see this on the news, you hear what happened last night. So you're going to get incredible information when, in fact, you do that. The easiest way to see what's happening here on this show and this aspect of it is to, uh, one way is to go on Facebook. When you do so, you'll go to Valerie Sun, G-A-L-E-R-I-E, Valerie Sun. On that, you will see a link to Talking Politics. When you go to Talking Politics, you will see Many of the things that we've talked about here on the show, but you'll see different articles, different information, and it gives you an opportunity to write in, see things that are on there, and, of course, add perhaps two things yourself on the talking politics. It gives you an overview of exactly what's taking place. And, of course, the link you can go to, which is uh, the app that you can download on your phone, which is the app I go to the most on my phone, is this needs to be said. Once you have the app and that link on your phone, it enables you to listen to everything that we've talked about here on the show, past and present as well as so many other guests that come on these airways and bring such a vast array of information dealing with everything from current events to things we see on TV to things we hear just cover such a vast array. So you can certainly, uh, as you're working out, as you're doing many things, you certainly can listen to many of the great things that take place on these airways by simply downloading this needs to be said app into any kind of phone that you have. And I think every phone now can I get that app. That's where I spend a lot of my time doing. 
And, again, the challenge is always to get out, watch the news, listen to see things that are taking place uh, politically because you'll be amazed at how often these things do occur and it's like daily something takes place in violent politics. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And my mouth is always, like, dropping open. But thank you. And until next week, Valerie Sun with more politics. We'll talk to you then. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.